August 23, 2019, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference, the third annual conference focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. Join over 500 of the most influential sales development leaders in our industry for a full day of learning, networking, and growing your skills. This year, we're offering three learning tracks focused on sales development leadership, rep training, and our newest track dedicated to sales and marketing operations. Grab your tickets today before it sells out over at 10bound.com conference. That's 10bound.com conference. See you August 23rd. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am joined by uh, a true legend in the industry and someone who has been a huge supporter of, of 10 Bound since the get-go. So I'm very, very grateful to this individual, and I consider him a friend. Mr. Henry Shuck, the president, founder, everything, uh, CEO of Discover Org. Henry? Thanks, David. I wish... Uh... I wish all my friends were as nice about me as you are. The omnipotent God. Discover. <laughs> no, what, what is your official title? All joking aside. I am founder and CEO. Okay, excellent, excellent. And if people are not living in the sales development world or some, for some reason been living under a rock, you know, tell us about your uh, experience with starting the company and, and what Discover Word's doing. Yeah, I mean, really... I- a high level, what we offer is the data that sales, marketing, and recruiting teams need to be successful. And that's data that they need to go to market, whether it's firmographic data on companies they should be targeting, whether it's technographic data that helps in their targeting, contact data that allows them to reach out to the right people, intent data that should be driving who they're reaching out to and when, projects and initiatives that are happening at their target companies. It's just you, the, the box around the type of data we provide is data that arms sales, marketers, recruiters in, an, in a way that they have historically not been able to be armed and it allows them to go to market in an effective and efficient way and use data to drive their go-to-market tactics. And I founded the, the company with a friend of mine in 2007. And originally, the idea was provide really, really high-quality data on information technology decision makers at large companies. And we started collecting that data on our own and cleansing it and adding direct phone numbers and email addresses to it and sort of building out these real deep, high-quality profiles on people making technology decisions. And the market's response was immediate and they liked what we were providing and it was driving more sales and more revenue for them. And we continued to sort of grow the business organically through 2014 when we brought on our first institutional investor, a firm called TA Associates. And and then we just reinvested back in the business and saw a big opportunity here and kept building out our capabilities so that it wasn't just focused on technology, but it was marketing decision makers and finance decision makers and HR decision makers. And then in 2017, sort of our, the, our closest competitor in the market was a company called Ranking. And they were doing something really similar to what we were doing. They were using humans to cleanse data based in Bethesda, Maryland. They had built a product that 1,500 companies had been really loyal to. 
And we just saw this opportunity to put the two businesses together because we were both sort of going after a similar market in a similar way and said, look, I think if we put these two companies together, we can avoid slogging it out against each other. We can combine our resources and build something bigger. And so we did that at the end of 2017, put the two companies together. That was a a big success. Our customers were happy because they were getting better data and more data. We had a bigger platform to invest in. And so really in the year since we bought Ranking, we went from being a company that was profiling about 2 million contacts to a company profiling 20 million contacts. We brought in mobile phone numbers. We brought in personal email addresses for recruiters. We added more direct phones. We built out more capabilities because we had a, a larger engineering team. And so our perspective then was, look, we put these companies together. It was a financial success when we did that. And our customers were really happy because we were able to deliver significantly more value to them. And so we have these two companies and now we're sort of building something much bigger. And Zoom Info had always been a company that we had a lot of respect for. And it was, you know, it, it's growing 80% a year, really on a tear. And we said, look, is there an opportunity again to sort of run the same play we ran at Ranking, where we can bring these two companies together and go after something much bigger? And I think the, you know, there was, at Ranking, there was a, the financial piece of it was a little bit clearer because you saw there were sort of like, we were both doing exactly the same thing in exactly the same way. And so you could sort of combine the companies and have some real synergies. With Zoom Info, this became much more of a growth story for us, where we said, if you can combine these companies and you could bring sort of one of the things that's hidden below the surface of Discover Org is this really effective and efficient sales engine. So we said, could we bring sort of that sales engine and bring it to bear at Zoom Info, combine the companies and grow even faster than either of us could do separately? And then can we do it in a way that brings together their sort of best of breed data quantity with our best of breed data quality? Can we bring those two things together to, again, deliver significantly more value for our clients? And I think we're doing just that. In the first few weeks of, the, of integrating the companies, you really see sort of all of those things coming together. Like we have spent 12 years just thinking about data quality, and they have spent 20 years thinking about data acquisition and data quantity. And so we come in and are, are able to say, like, first of all, for, for, from our perspective, holy moly, like this is how you gather a lot of data. There are all these methodologies and systems they've built to figure out revenue numbers and employee numbers and, and pull together technographic information and get contact and company information. And then on our end, we've built all of these tools and systems and processes to take large amounts of information and then cleanse them and, have, and then sort of end up with a product that's really high quality. And so we're really excited about putting those two things together and continuing to deliver more value for our clients. Amazing. Okay. So I got a bunch of questions. And so it's interesting because I always look at data. Data is like the lifeblood for sales development, especially. And, you know, it's, it's, I try to think back, what did we do before we had Discover Org? I was introduced to Discover Org when I was at OpenDNS, which eventually became Cisco. 
And they had it in there. And, and I was absolutely blown away because we had been dealing with such crappy data for so many years before that. So it's like, man, this is multitudes improvement. And I always think of it as like, you start with data as like a dirty glass of water and it becomes more and more refined and more and more drinkable mm -hmm. as, as you cleanse it down. So now with the Zoom Info acquisition, it's like you've got a ton more water that you yeah. can start to right uh, filter down to make it usable totally you have a pitcher you got right exactly and and one quick funny story the first time i ever kind of met you i guess was when i was at open dns they did cybersecurity at the dns level and and i read somewhere that you guys had been involved in like a dns attack and so i got your info from open from um Discover Org and emailed you and you replied. I'll never forget. You replied. You're like, hey, that's really interesting. And right. I mean, that is right time, right place, right message. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. That's that's the that's the dream right there. I remember yeah. I was at a gas station and I emailed you and and you almost immediately replied. You're like, Yeah, dude, <laughs> we do need to talk to you. It's <laughs> great. The other quick story is when we put on the first sales development conference, you were like the first person that I called to speak and you agreed to do it. And I had no idea in the background, you're not only, I don't know if you had a new baby at that time or it was somewhere in that process, but you also were putting together the Rain King deal. And you came down and, and you actually spoke, you knocked it out of the park. It's like the number one YouTube video, I think right now on, on the 10 bound site. And you were in the middle of that, you were a huge supporter. So thank you for doing that. My pleasure. Yeah, I think we closed the ranking acquisition like on a on a Wednesday, and I was there on like a Friday or something like that. <laughs> You're like delayed. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you, man. But I thought about canceling, Dave. I'm not gonna lie, but I was like, no, I can't do that. I can't just bail out of this thing. So I flew <laughs> that was across the country. Cool. I much much appreciate it. So let me ask you this. So going back to all these acquisitions that you've been doing. What what are some of the challenges in, you know, on the top of your mind that kind of the, you go through as you're trying to absorb all these companies? Because you've got different people, different processes, different, you know, headaches that you're bringing in. What, what are some of the things that stick out for you? Yeah, I mean, it sort of depends. And, and here's what it depends on. Sometimes you have the better process. You have the better system, you have the better technology, you're sort of just more evolved in certain areas. And so in those areas, it's really easy to come in and go like, hey guys, we, you know, we're like four years ahead of where you are today. And that's okay. Like you're gonna get there over four years. Like you're gonna figure it out. But there's no sense in like continuing to do it the way you did it and the way we did it four years ago. Let's just bring in this system and all of our learnings to make like all of this more effective and all of this more efficient. That's really easy. And then you have places where like the acquired company does things better than you. And so then it's like there's like a reverse look, right? You're looking back at yourself and going like, oh, look, like they do engineering in a much more organized, effective way. There's, there are learnings for us here. And we can't just come in as like the big acquirer, go into a business and go like, do everything our way. That doesn't work. It's like, let's figure out what the things you're doing that are better than the things that we're doing. And let us like start doing it that way. And then the things that we're doing that are better than what you're doing, let's bring those here too. And unless you can get 
that sort of like symbiosis, it's just, you'll never get an acquisition, right? Because you, or you'll never get as much value as you could. Right, right. You want to, you want to keep the good stuff, you know, maybe potentially use your processes when it's, when it's better. You know, one company I just, I just thought of this is uh, that does this really well is Cisco. Cisco just Mm -hmm. seems to, they're, they're almost like a, like a, holding company for all these other companies. So do you, when you do this, do you keep the company separate as its own freestanding company or do you bring it into the Discover Org, you know, brand and everything? It depends. It depends. So like we made an acquisition. Most of the time we bring it into the Discover Org brand. There's a company we acquire that's an email validation company called Neverbound that we haven't really brought into the Discover Org brand because there's a whole bunch of like product integration things we want to do first. And so we're going to make all of these product enhancements so that it's sitting more centrally inside of Discover Org, and then we'll make the announcement. But with Rain King, I mean, then we'll bring it into our brand. With Rain King, you sort of right away on day one said, like, look, these two companies are doing something. It's too, they're too similar not to combine under one brand. And then with Zoom Info, we're sort of like figuring it out. It's like, we want to know what the market thinks about both brands. We're running a study now to figure that out. We have some sense of it. And that's sort of coming back in the initial in the initial sort of studies, which is like, hey, we really love the breadth of contact information that we get from Zoom Info, but we really love the the higher quality information on Discover Org and what you surround the contact information with, technographics, projects, and initiatives, and scoops and intent data. And so, like, sort of what we thought going into this is getting is being proven out through the surveys and what we're hearing from our customers, which is great. And you sort of go into all of these, these things with a bunch of ideas of what you're, you know, what you're going to change and how the customers are going to think about it. And so once you get in, you start sort of affirming those thoughts or realizing you're wrong about sort of something. I will yep. say, yeah. yeah, I will I- say like one of the difficult things is just putting people together, right? Like, right. You know, on a, on a Friday, we're a 500 person company. And on a Monday, we're a 1050 person company. And you have two companies that sort of are doing something similar in really different ways. And so the first couple of weeks, you're trying to like figure, you know, learn as much as you can about what they're doing, and then get the people to start working together and making sure like, everybody sort of rallied around this vision and everybody wants the best thing for the company and gaining trust and credibility with people. Like all of that's like pretty hard. All of that's pretty hard. So the human aspect of an acquisition is probably the most complicated. It's like all the financial modeling and what, where you're going to get synergies and how you're going to grow the business, like from a strategic perspective, most of that ends up being like the easier part of it making sure that you like wrap your arms around the most talented individuals at both companies and make sure that they're working together and they're all aligned and they don't like neither side feels like defeated is really important in this acquisition. That's really important because I don't view it like that. Like I went to zoom info and I went, okay, that's way better than what we do at discover org. I'm like, I'm not married to what discover org is today. I don't you know, like, I don't really care if there's something better. That's what we should be doing. And so like getting everybody to be like business owners and think that way too. Like the first question people were at some, like the engineers were asking me at zoom info was 
well, which brand are we going to keep? It's like, look, I don't really care. Whichever brand the market likes more. And we're going to figure it out. And which platform are we going to keep? It's like, I don't really care. Whichever one allows us to develop faster. And so getting to a point where people feel like we're just trying to make the best decisions. We don't, no one's going to be married to Discover Org and no one's going to be married to Zoom Info or any of the processes that either of us have. Then I think getting people to believe that is really important. Are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? Then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Start your free trial today. Go to VanillaSoft.com. That's, and, and so you're trying to communicate that. Again, it, it brings me back to Cisco, how Cisco, Cisco's model is, from what I've heard, it, that you know, they'll buy a company and they'll basically leave it alone for like a year. Like yeah. they'll just, they, and, and I think what they're doing is basically what you're talking about. They're going in and they're really analyzing it from those perspectives to see what are, what, what, where are the best processes, people, technology, you know, what can we, and then what do we have on the back end that we can support? So all of a sudden, a year later, like the whole HR department will be gone or something yep. like that, like, because yep. they have that already, right? Yep. And, Stuff like that. Not not to diss on any HR people, but that's just the first thing that's popped into my head. You know, and the other thing to think about there for, I mean, one of the beauties of not doing anything for a year, by the way, and I don't have the luxury of that, unfortunately, because like in the first year, I have a whole bunch of stuff that we have to accomplish to make this a good investment, but I totally get it. It's like, if you have the ability to not touch anything for a year and just use that year to, un- to get to know the people and get them to trust you and get them to feel comfortable that you're not taking like their snacks away or their benefits aren't going to get worse. Like all of that stuff to not have to deal with for a year is totally like, that's totally what you want. That's a luxury. And, and, yeah. you know, it sounds like you're going to get there. Cause I mean, there's so much. Like, if you look at, we do a market map at 10 bound, right? And, and there's, there's like, you know, we're on V3 now. And there's, there's like hundreds of companies that are in the data and data enrichment space and all these things just focused on sales development. So it's not even, all the other stuff that goes along with sales. This is just sales development. So there's so many uh, different, you know, companies out there doing data and things like that. Like what, where do you see this going? I know you're trying to digest all these things that you're just doing, but where do you see this going over the next five years as there's so many competitors and people doing like very specific different things in your space? So I think like first, First of all, in our space, nobody's doing like what we're doing at the scale of with of what we're doing the way you know with, with as much value as we're providing our customers. No one has the breadth of the data. You know, today we cover over 200 million B2B professionals around the world. Nobody has that breadth with any sort of level of quality. Any like kid in their basement can go build a crawler to go crawl the web and put together a bunch of junky information. But we've spent 20 years at Zoom Info refining a process that does that and then appends it with the right contact information and phone numbers and emails. And then at Discover Org, we've spent the last 12 years figuring out our own data sources. You know, how do we gather data and put it together in a usable way for our clients? And so, the breadth and the scale with which we're doing it 
right, like I think makes us pretty unique in the market. And I think the market knows that too. But the way, I, the way that I think about this is like, we're sort of just getting to a place where every organization, regardless of size, is realizing that there are valuable data assets that they should be leveraging to go to market. And that means we're seeing like new startups or small insurance companies sort of come up and go, how do I generate new business? I need data on the people that I need to sell to. And then once I have that, I need to like really understand who my customers are so that I can go look for lookalikes, lookalikes of those customers. And then every time I have like a new marketing idea or a new campaign, or I want to talk to a new audience, four clicks away is the entire grouping of those people. Whether I want to look for Salesforce companies or companies that use Salesforce and Marketo who got $10 million of funding within the last year, who are based in the Southeast who are B2B sales intelligence companies. Like that's a pretty unique target, but you can find it, couple clicks. And so being able to custom build any universe that you want and then drive your sales and marketing practices based on that, I think every company is realizing that's the way we have to do business. And a lot of companies have realized that over the last 10 years, but you sort of feel like you're at a tipping point where everybody is like, and actually, LinkedIn has helped a lot here, right? Because LinkedIn has publicly displayed information on every company and every sort of professional across the world. And so people are seeing that and going like, okay, but how do I get this into my system? How do I run a campaign on this? How do I call this guy? You know, how do I build a campaign around more people who look like this, get into my Salesforce system, get into outreach, get it into sales lot? And you can't. Because LinkedIn at its core is a social network that's designed to get people to collaborate in the platform. Yet everybody who's listening to this podcast doesn't go to market on LinkedIn. They go to market on outreach and sales loft. They go to market in Marketo and Eloqua and Acton. They don't go to market on a closed platform. They're doing business outside of that. And I think what they're realizing is like they see all of this data and then they go, well, how do I make it actionable? How do I take the filters and make that actionable for my sales team and my marketing team? What do I do with it? And we give companies the ability to do something with data on companies and professionals, and we give them the ability to apply filters that they never thought were possible, and then we layer in all of this intelligence and intent data that we pull together. And I think that's the real power of what we're able to do. Okay. And then what, like, there's been a couple of blogs and stuff that have come out after you've been gobbling up these companies. And one of the things in one of these, it says, um, you know, what's your argument that there's a ton of data out there? Like you said, any kid in the garage could create this scraper and create data. So people have tons of data already. But, but where you guys are lacking still is with sorting out and cleansing their existing data that they have in their system. Is that something that concerns you? Well, no, because we don't lack there. Like, well, the key facet of what Discover Org does, and really what Zoom Info is doing too, is the ability to cleanse customers' CRM systems. And in Discover Org, we've had an auto refresh functionality on data in Salesforce for the last six years. 
So if you're a Discover Org customer and you plug in Discover Org into your Salesforce system, every evening we're going to cleanse the contacts in your system. We're going to run them through Discover Org's database. We're going to append in if somebody's title changed. We're going to mark it if the person recently left their position. We're going to update your firmographics so that if a company gets you know, increases revenue 100% and falls into a new category in your, in your targeting that you're getting that information. We're going to append industry and keywords and technographics, and then we're going to constantly keep that cleanse. That is a huge part of our business. Like the whole, the whole idea of data is the minute I put it in, it begins getting stale. And so if you've ever, if you've read any of Discover Org's collateral, we touch every single piece of our data every 90 days. And, and then we're running your data through that cleansing mechanism as often as you want, daily, weekly, monthly, whenever you want, we run it through. There's built, software's built for that. We have software built for that. ZoomInfo has a product called Enrich that does the same thing. It enriches data on its way in and then it keeps it cleansed in real time. So you can use it for your own existing. Now, the other the other argument here that I'm seeing is that the the value of the Zoom Info database was mostly the direct dials that they keep really clean, right? And and you, so you get that in. But will you guys, as you get bigger, be able to pivot to different things because maybe that doesn't have as much value in the next couple of years because nobody is making phone calls and things like that. Like yeah, so. First, there's a lot to unpack there. Okay. So number one, like people have been saying that no one's going to make phone calls anymore for the last, I don't know, 25 years. The phone, the phone is going to be obsolete. The phone is going to be obsolete. The phone is going to be obsolete. It's just not really happening. In fact, it's like if, Dave, we were having this conversation 10 years ago, what you would be telling me is, well, Henry, Hasn't the whole shift moved to inbound? I mean, just listen to what HubSpot is telling us. Remember, 10 years ago, so we're in 2009. Isn't HubSpot with their inbound conference and all the inbound, 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 isn't it all about inbound now? Like cold calling and outreach and outbound, isn't that going away? And people just like bought this. They're like, oh yeah, we don't do outbound because we're just all focused on inbound. Like, it just didn't make any sense to me then. And I was like, I'm just going to, you know, stay focused on what we're doing at Discover Org because inbound is not going to be the end all be all. We're 10 years later. And what's happened in the last 10 years? Outbound has become a major driving force to the way companies go to market. Like every new company is trying to figure out how to go outbound. And how do you go outbound? You do it by email. You do it by phone. Maybe you do it through social. But the idea that the phone's going away, I think, is a fallacy, first. There's going to be some that shift to mobile phones, for sure. And we, we provide our, our customers over 30 million mobile phone numbers. Because we see that. That's a trend. It's going to continue. And customers will respond over their mobile phone. They use their mobile phone for business and personal uses. Recruiters only want to call people's mobile phones. They don't want to call their office lines. And so like, yeah, we get it. Phone's going to maybe deteriorate a little bit, but it's not going to go away. And neither is email. People, you know, write, look, Davey wrote me an email when you were at OpenDNS and it's the right message, right time, right person, right contact information and people respond. And so I don't, I, you know, I don't, I do think we have the best direct dial phone numbers. I don't think over the next five years, their utility is going to go away in any material way. 
And I think, uh, so I think the implication here in this one is that, you know, 10 years ago, the big dinosaur data companies, they were so big, they no longer replied to the needs of the marketplace. Like they were these lumbering dinosaurs. And then you came along and whacked them, you know, and, and now you're starting to gobble up and you're becoming one of these big things. And, and there's a concern that you won't be able to pivot to like whatever the next contact thing is. And your response is like, that's BS. Yeah, my response is, of course, we're going to pivot to whatever the next contact place is. I mean, we've been collecting mobile phone numbers for the last five years because we recognize that trend. And we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to continue to watch the trends in our marketplace to make sure we're providing our customers with really high value information that they need to go to market. But yes, we're a little bit bigger than we were three Fridays ago, but we're just as nimble. You're not, you're not a behemoth yet. No. And even when, when we're a behemoth, like we're going to keep the entrepreneurial feeling here. Like people are people at our comp, the people that we hire our company are entrepreneurial and they get, they won't stick around at a company that's slow and stodgy and they just won't, they'll leave. And so unless we're constantly innovating, we're not going to be able to keep our employee base and constantly innovating is a key part of who we are. I must say that, and you know, this is like major, you know, kudos to building the culture, but you, you know, everybody that I interact with there is very scrappy. I would say that's yep. like kind of a, a, a cultural thing that you guys have. And I have to say, I was consulting at a company and they were evaluating different data sources and I was checking out Discover or you probably remember this and you were in town and next thing you know, Henry stops by in his Uber and we're ironing out the contract in the conf- in the conference room. Yep. Right? Yeah. So, like I think like I they, I read this really interesting article a while ago where it said like when you're a senior executive, you should spend sort of most of your time on high level things. Call it like eighty percent of your time on high level strategic things sort of around your executive team and your strategy. You should spend 0% of your time on everything in the middle. Like your middle layer, you should like not spend any of, any of your time on. And then you should spend 20% of your time making an impact on the lowest layer of things. And it was like, okay, well, why? And, it, and they said, look, when, because it gives you an opportunity to reinforce the things that are important to the company. And so if I find a bad piece of data in Discover Org, I'm sending it to a researcher and saying like, hey, why, why is this wrong? We need to fix this. Why is this wrong? And I'll do that like a couple times a week. And then that sends a message to everybody in data and research at Discover Org that data quality is really important. It's so important that at 6 a.m., Henry's writing us when we get something wrong. And if, and if I'm in town for... If I'm in San Francisco, the first thing that I, I ask my assistant is like, go out and ask sales and ask customer success how many people I can meet in the three hours that I have before I have to go back to the airport. Because I want them to know, like talking to our customers and getting in front of them is really important. And if I'm in San Francisco at a conference, I'm going to use up every single minute of my time to do that so that when you go to Dreamforce or you go to a conference, that's in your mind. Like Henry won't waste a minute in these places. So I shouldn't either. And so like making sure that you're spending sort of 20, I'm spending 20% of my time sending a message. 
that way, I, I think sort of drives that cultural behavior. You're making an impact. It reminds me, there was an old Seeking Alpha blog post that you did an interview with somebody and it went in very detailed about how you started the company and like you were in your garage or something like pounding out uh, research and stuff like that. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, that is how we started the company. I was amazing. I did research half the day. I did marketing the other half of the day. And then I went to law school the other half of the day. That's, that was the other thing. <laughs> so, so it's like, dude, if, if I mean, that researcher that you emailed at six in the morning is probably having a heart attack, but they're probably just like, this guy actually knows what I do and yeah. is involved still. He's not just flying around on his like corporate jet and, you know, doing, doing stuff over in um, the south of France. Yeah, I think that actually like that whole vision of what like entrepreneurial successes is just totally not real <laughs> but once a week you know one week a year i live that dream but the other 51 weeks you know i'm grinding just like the rest of us nice and i remember i saw a picture from your office and there was a big poster and said if you haven't hit your number turn around or go <laughs> yeah, back to go your back desk, to your desk. Thing. That's yep. classic. Okay, I got one more question for you, Henry. Thank yeah. you, by the way, for coming on. This is awesome. My pleasure. When people say discover.org, does that bother you still? <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me. It, you know, I recognize that it's not the greatest name, but I was 23 when I came up with the name, maybe 22. And I think I read a book on branding and one of the things said that dis- the word discover, the word discover was one of the most powerful words in branding. And then we were, pro- we provide org charts on different <laughs> departments. And so there, that's how it came up, discover org. And, you know, I should have known right away, like the org.org, discovery.org. It just, beca- it's just a mess. So at some point, you actually have that website, right? So if I yes. go to discover.org, it goes to you guys. It'll redirect us. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, funny because it's always sort of the 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 not to put us down, I'm one of them, but the dinosaur over 40, you know, VP of sales person <laughs> type of guy <laughs> or gal who's you're in a meeting and they're like, Yeah, we, we need to invest in discover.org. Discover.org. God. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anyways, I'll never uh, get away from that. Okay. All right. We're trying to get away from that. So Henry, thank you very much. Congrats on all the success. And, you know, I want to get you back on because I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of all the stuff I want to ask you, but thanks for sharing all this information with us and being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Anytime for you, man. All right, man. Take care. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the sales development podcast. The only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.